Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Welcome to another episode of Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. Tonight, we're talking about the Advanced Player's Guide. So folks, crack open that text, breathe in that new book smell, and let's talk about Pathfinder. I'm Chad, and tonight, I'm talking with Beth. Hello! And David. Hey, everyone. Sarah couldn't be here tonight, but she wishes she could be. Uh, So before we get into the APG... Let's take a little detour into some of the recent adventure paths. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, the APG is only one of four topics tonight. Okay, I just wanted to get a little taste of what we're doing tonight. Yeah, and that was probably smart, because now that I've said we're covering four new products by Paizo, I'm sure I've lost a couple of people. Everyone else has run away. This is intimidation yeah. now. That's probably fair. So I wanted to start tonight with two, quote, smaller products, uh, which would be the end of Extinction Curse. So the wrap up of the second AP in second edition, and then the uh, player's guide and first book of Agents of Edgewatch, because I have opinions. So let's talk. Extinction Curse. I am running that campaign, as you guys know. <laughs> Jessie, our ever-loved barbarian, is also in that campaign. She is a bard in that one. <laughs> Very different character. <laughs> there is also, if the circus theme in Extinction Curse interests you, there's actually another podcast doing a playthrough of it. Highly recommend. It's Dice Will Roll. Very, very good. I haven't listened to the first episode of that Adventure Path yet, but I have listened to some of their past episodes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, so highly recommend. Chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> Overall, I've read most of the books, one through six, and the player's guide. And I think it was smart of them, Paizo, to have the circus be an optional thing. <laughs> like the backdrop is a circus. But if you wanted to never run a circus performance, you don't have to. And thank goodness, because I actually hate the circus rules as written. It's not that I hate it. That's strong words for me. I, I hate strong language. They're not great. They're clunky. Everyone at the table needs to know what's going on. But also, there needs to be a single person in charge, not the GM. Because have any of you guys played Pandemic? Yeah. So Pandemic, if you're playing with the wrong person, can be played by one person. He will, I say he because this happened to me, will tell you exactly what you need to do. And uh, you don't really get to make decisions because the person running the game, even though there is no like GM or anything, will make your decisions for you. Ever since then, I've put certain rules in place so that that doesn't really happen. This is one of my issues, and this is, of course, when Pandemic was first released. The circus rules are kind of like that. Now, in the first book, we've mentioned the circus rules before. In the first book, there are shortened versions. 
And then there are some groups that will completely cut it out. When we're talking about the sixth book, by the sixth book, you could cut all of the circus stuff out. Like, starting book two, you could cut all of the circus stuff out. We're not going to. Um, my next session, actually, is us running another circus in another town. But I think that was smart, <laughs> actually. Because uh, they're pretty clicky. Extinction Curse, story-wise, was very good. Anytime we're talking about Aridin lore, I'm in, right? And we're already starting off with uh, lore for him in book one. So by book six, as you can imagine, no spoilers, but there's some juicy stuff in there. I like the focus on dinosaurs. I think it was book five. Book four or five was Siege of the Dinosaurs. Is this a spoiler? I don't know. If the titles of the books are spoilers, <laughs> literally in the first book, you come across dinosaurs. Oh, God. Uh, but the final book is called The Apocalypse Prophet, which pretty great. Is the spoiler that Aridin was calling from inside the house the entire time? <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. As I had mentioned before break, they updated their maps. I also wanted to mention that Roll20 has the Extinction Curse up for sale. And if you already have the PDFs, you get that cost off of the, the book. So uh, I purchased them. They're very well done. Uh, all of the icons are there. Uh, it's really easy. I find Roll20 to be pretty intuitive uh, for basic play. Once you start getting into more advanced stuff as a GM or creating a brand new campaign, that's a different story. But for a free service that you don't have to pay for, I do appreciate. Uh, in a future episode, we'll go over my experience with Fantasy Grounds because I'm playing with them right now. Because um, they had Age of Ashes. We'll, we'll talk a little bit once I've had more experience with it, but definitely did like my experience with Roll20. So that brings us, so that's just a brief overview of Extinction Curse. Like it, we'll give it eight lore points out of ten. Oh. <laughs> I was going to go with Beth points. Oh, eight Beth points? Oh, I do yeah. like that. See, I know you'd like it better. Uh, do like that. <laughs> you, you know how to get uh, to your GM's heart. <laughs> but no hero points. No, no hero. Uh, Gosh, 10 hero points? Could you imagine? That'd be... F Woo. Anyway, the uh, other AP that was released was book one of Agents of Edgewatch. Uh, Player's Guide was released, and then a few weeks after that was the Adventure Path. I have had a chance to look through them both. I know we have talked about uh, the thematic elements at a very surface level. Your cops uh, beating people up and taking their stuff. I'm not kidding. That is the most basic of levels. There is a lot more nuance to it. However, that literally is a thing. You are on a patrol of a part of the city. You actually have to get permission from other departments to go into their district. In the player's guide, it definitely uh, has a content warning being like, hey, this, these are the elements that are in here. Even book one has a content warning. 
Uh, it's a little different, definitely not as extensive, and doesn't talk about the uh, cop elements as much. But it does talk about body horror, torture, uh, non-consensual voyeurism, violence against children. Like, this AP is going to get dark, and just be aware of that. But just in the first book, I wouldn't call this a spoiler, but some people might. The city of Absalom is preparing for a, a festival, right? That is part of the reason why there have hired so many more privateers. Like, let's, that's what they are. And the book even re references that you're more of a privateer than a cop. And this is just starting out that it has that feel that you have a patrol and on your first patrol, something goes wrong. I think it would be very easy to change. And if you don't want to play with that narrative, you don't have to. And you can easily change from taking contraband, as they call it, and turning it in for reward points to your officer, your head officer. You could actually return it to the owners of the property and do it that way. They have some other recommendations in the player's guide, too. <sighs> I'm really torn about it because it has a cool feel to it. It feels very Penny Dreadful, like Victorian, kind of edgy. Uh, even the art, to me, reflects on that. I think it would have been better served if you were private investigators. But that's not the route that they took. And it's too late in the publishing cycle to change that. So here we are. But if you, the player, or the GM, I mean, want to change that, I think it, it would be pretty easy to do so. Uh, those are my criticisms of it. I will say that Paizo is aware of how it looks. It, it is aware of the problems, and that is definitely why they rewrote some of the player's guide. So, you know. That helps. I hope moving forward that they continue to include better content warnings uh, than they have. Because the content warning in the player's guide was substantial. We're talking three paragraphs. Where the one in the actual campaign was one paragraph. And again, does go into that. I also really loved that someone pointed out this may be upsetting to hear about for some people. So um, if you want to skip it, please do move forward about uh, one minute. But in the book and in the original player's guide, next to the content warning was an image of a pickled puck. A punk. Excuse me. Do you guys know what a pickled punk is? No. I don't even know if we should talk about it. That is a legitimate thing that is real. You can still find them. And Victorian England were very popular, but they were fetuses that had been pickled in jars, uh, preserved. Uh, these are enemies in Pathfinder. Has been since one. I think they were in D&D too. This is not a new concept. However, there is an image of one next to a content warning. And I said, what? <laughs> and so did the forums, actually. I was not the only one who said, hey, this is maybe not a great idea. Uh, because I know me, I don't put them in game. I don't like them. 
I know the history. I know that they are real things. Um, but I think to some people that can be a very triggering imagery. So they saw this on the forums. They saw a couple of people mention it and said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And took an adorable hamster instead. <laughs> and they re-released the PDF of the player's guide. Now, publishing has already been done. I don't know about the books going forward, but <laughs> I just, I did appreciate that they realized the criticism, realized, yeah, that maybe that wasn't the best decision we've ever made, yeah. and changed it. The hamster's adorable, though. <laughs> maybe a guinea pig? Hey, Ryan, is that a hamster or a guinea pig? It's a guinea hamster. <laughs> We're going with that. It's absolutely adorable. I loved it. I love that they changed it. Good on Paizo. It is very interesting to see how this adventure changes, or if it does at all, from its original trajectory. As it stands, there are probably changes that I would make. Or I would just talk to my players and say, you know, hey, this is what the adventure path is. I wouldn't allow somebody to play an evil or malicious character. I just wouldn't. Not in this campaign. And it's not just the police officer content. There's other content in there, too. Like I said, there was already a content warning on this. So I would just be aware of that going into it. That's that's how I feel. But those maps, bro. <laughs> because the map of Absalom. We talked about Chef Kiss earlier. No, this is true Chef Kiss. It was... Just looking at Agents of Ash. Watch here. Oh, yeah. So, the first image of the book just captures, like, the feel of a, a, a Penny Dreadful mm -hmm. story. Like, just so good. Uh, so, England. The maps are exquisitely detailed. Oh. Very, just, like, honestly... I want a poster version of Absalom, and I would put it up on my list. It's beautiful. I would probably take the district names out, but it is gorgeous. I love it. I just absolutely love it. And not just that one, but when you talk about the interactive maps for the campaign, um, you know, when you buy the PDF, they include the interactive maps. Which means that you can, like, take map tags off so you can show your players. You can take the grid off for people who don't use the grid. Things like that. Highly detailed, perfect resolution, which we know I've complained about in the past. <laughs> Just wonderful. I, I honestly think the maps are the best part of the book so far. I, and I've read most of it. It's very, very well done. Uh, I also think that it's a good AP. If you're looking for something dark, something a little more investigative, something that takes place in a city, because again, you're you're not you're not going to be leaving Absalom very much. So just be aware of that. Um, I'm sure that at some point they'll have it some sort of dungeon delvey book because they normally do. All of the books kind of have at least one 
not all of them. But yeah, I'm I'm just really nervously excited about it and and where they're going to go with it. And uh I understand that they couldn't delay publishing of it, but kind of understand what what they did with it and I'm glad that they changed the player's guide. So that's kind of my my overview of the Agents of Edgewood. My recommendation is that uh, you play an entirely shuny cast and make it more of a Scooby-Doo adventure. So, funny enough, I sent you this, so I know you saw it. Somebody was talking about all shunies being bloodhounds for the AP, and I just absolutely mm-hmm. love that. And then David... <laughs> you want to tell everyone your glorious joke? I mean, it's not even my joke, because this goes way back to, like, 90s public school, make everybody comfortable with police officers. Uh, McGruff the Crime Hound, take a bite out of crime. So if you all play Shoonies, <laughs> one of you better be named McGruff. That's just law at this point. As with all APs, just... Be respectful. Talk to your players. Set expectations. If somebody goes overboard or does something that you're not comfortable with, call them out. And if you feel, you know, I don't want to call them out in this exact moment. I don't feel comfortable with that. Message them later. Be like, hey, what you said made me really uncomfortable. Uh, Be honest with yourself and with your players. That's the best advice that I can give. And, And I will also say... As a GM, it's the hardest thing that you can do. It's when somebody makes you personally feel uncomfortable or another person at your your table, and then you have to address it. It's hard. It's not easy. But you still have to do it. You have to address it. Just shout it. This is Beth's co- uh, GM corner. Now you know. Da-da-da. All right, anyway. I guess let's talk about what we're actually here for. Not me drooling about a bunch of APs for 20 minutes. Those are fun. They are fun. But let's get into the AP. And I'm actually going to preface this by saying we're actually only going to talk about half of the APG. But we'll get there. Just just trust us. We're going to break this down by chapter. I got some critiques. Got some positives, got some negatives. Uh, but let's let's talk about the new ancestry options. Because they so good. So we got Shuni, right? Right? Like that was something we got a couple months ago. It was great. So because of that, you know what we had to get? Catful. You can literally be cats and dogs living to- together mass hysteria. <laughs> oh. Time. Uh, I really like the heritages for cat folk. Obviously, you can have claws, you can go hunting, you can be from the jungle, but also you could have nine lives. What's more perfect than that? You can try to kill me, but you'll have to do it another eight times. I will say, I'm not a huge fan of some of the artwork in this book. And that definitely includes the second cat in the cat folk section who i think his leg is broken or at least it might be i just don't like how it looks like he's just giving everybody a thumbs up oh on his knife he's like (laughs) yeah 
gonna take this dagger and just jam it into you while giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> no, like honestly, it's not even a right angle. It's like it's like a forty-five degree angle on his uh, lower leg joint. It's upsetting, like legitimately. Just saying. Next, we have kobolds. Who I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know what kobolds are called on the forums? Dragon bait? <laughs> no. Okay. They're called plushies. Aww. Because literally everybody wants a kobold plushie now. I do, actually. <laughs> Paizo, if any of your employees are listening to this, it is my right as a human being for you to produce one of these. Please, now and forever, I need it. Anyway, Since I love I them. The release of the bestiary, I have been wanting mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Pe- people are obsessed. Uh, anyway, they're adorable. Their heritages are also cool, so you can be a cavern, dragon-scaled, spell-scaled, strong-jawed, or venom-tailed, which is my personal favorite. Because literally, you can have a, vim- a venomous tail. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. They're pretty great. Also, I like the artwork for them. Both the introductory one as well as the caster that they have listed on page 16. Great. All for it. Wonderful. Uh, next, they have the orcs. Not as excited for them, but they, they look pretty cool. What I am excited for is the fact that we have orc feats that half orcs will qualify for. So now we have more options for the half orc. That I'm excited for. So you have Badlands, a Deep Orc, a Hold Scarred, and Rainfall, uh, which is really cool. You're an orc that was born in the rainforest. Very, very, very cool. Artwork for them. Good. No complaint. Six breath points out of ten. Right? No, no, no. I would say eight. Eight. Eight oh, breath okay. points. Eight out of ten breath points for, for both the Kobold and the Orc. Then we have my literal favorite. <laughs> See, I honestly thought I was going to be excited about the cat folk, not the rat folk. But here's what you may not know about me. I played a rat folk for like two years in Rise of the Rune Lords. Mm-hmm. They're great. She was sassy and I loved her. Also, they are, I think they're pronounced Yosky. Yokai? Not Yokai. I think it's Yos, Yos I think guy. Yos guy, but anyway, I, but. that is what they are called in Starfall, mm-hmm. and the Rat Folk are one of the primary races for that. Or answer, no, it's races in that game. Uh, so that's cool. You can be a deep rat, a desert rat, a long snout, which is great, a sewer rat, and a shadow rat. So if I had built my character in Second Edition, uh, she would have been a sewer rat. And I love it. Well, now I just have to make one of these as an inspector, and then I can play out the great mouse detective. (laughs) Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. Also, the artwork for the rat folk, 10 out of 10, couldn't even be better. So good. Uh, Next, you have the Tengu. Not super excited, but still pretty great. Which, those of you guys who don't know, Tengu are humanoid crow creatures. Yeah, they're from Power Rangers. We've been over that. We have been over that. Uh, You can be a Jinx Tengu, a Mountain Keeper, 
which sounds suspiciously like a trapper keeper. Just going to put that out there. Skyborn, Storm Tossed, which is cool, and a Talon. So that's cool. Artwork is six out of ten. Fine. Then we get into what I have been waiting for in Pathfinder 2. And so hype. I wish they had done it with half elves and half orc in the beginning. But we have versatile heritage. So these are heritages that can be applied to any or any ancestor. So we've got some really cool options. You have Changeling, Dampir, uh, Tangu, Azamar, and Duskwalker. Tiefling. What did I say? You said Tangu. It's Tiefling. It is Tiefling. Yeah. Oh, no. Skipped right over my very favorite. <laughs> oh, see, Azamars. Oh, my gosh. The Duskwalkers are cool. They're probably my actual favorite, but the Changelings are pretty cool, too. Art, 7 out of 10. Not a huge fan of the uh, the introductory art for the versatile heritage section, but it's fine. Finally, n- or not finally, because this section is actually huge. Uh, we have two more things. We've get more ancestry options for uh, the base ancestry, so dwarf, elf, gnome, goblin, halfling, and human. So by including orc, half orcs get more stuff, and by including elf. More elf stuff, elves get more stuff. Plus, half elves and half orcs qualify for all the human stuff, too. The goblin stuff was interesting. I don't want to go into too much depth, because I really... I want to see what Sarah's take on it, but they have a feat called Twitchy, and I almost feel like it, it's... Sound like her? <laughs> it kind of does. Just a little bit. But yeah, they've they've got some some interesting ones uh, for all of the ancestries for the heritages. Finally, and actually finally this time, we have additional backgrounds. So there's not a ton of them, but backgrounds are pretty short. So like mm-hmm. there's only two pages, but in that two pages, there's like 20 of them. So that's great. Some interesting ones. You can be a cultist which I thought was great, as well as a servant, which is cool. And then they also included some rare backgrounds. So this is definitely something that you would have to talk to your GM about, um, make sure that they were okay with you taking. I know with some of these, I think a few of them are based off of things that were found in some Pathfinder society. I think that's where Feybound came from. So these are just republished. Not all of them, but that one I'm, I'm pretty sure it is um, republished. I do really like the artwork for this. I like amnesiac background because then you don't have to make a background. You just don't remember it. That is a trope I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> but I, I'm glad you like it. But yeah, that's everything in Chapter 2. So next chapter is classes, right? Nope. We're not talking about classes. <laughs> We're not talking about oracles and witches today? Absolutely not. We are going to do a bunch more deep dive episodes because, you know, we have a whole series called the class series where we talk about classes. And I don't want to give away all of our material on day one. 
We gotta milk four more episodes out of this, at least. <laughs> However, we can talk about some of the options that are included for the base classes. Because those are still pretty cool. So, one of the things that... that there's so much. We're not going to be able to get into it all today. But I did want to mention one of my favorite things, which was that they included more... Two more rackets for rogues. So you have Eldritch Trickster, which I know some of you D&D fans out there are going to be hyped for. And then another one called Mastermind, which for Agents of Edgewatch, I'd really like to see some sort of Mastermind uh, rogue in that. I think that'd be cool. Now, I don't know if it's in there. I haven't. I have not seen it, otherwise I wouldn't mention it, but it would be pretty cool. Like, not gonna lie. Was there anything that you guys saw for the classes that you liked? Uh, I liked on the uh, monk class, they basically added the, I think it was the Zen Archer style. Mm, yes! Yeah, they made it a, a monastic stance, which I thought was an interesting choice, and I think it works really well. Okay. And then they also added in a few different key feats that really mirror Avatar The Last Airbender, in my opinion. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then Wizard had uh, one that I really liked, uh, Split Slot. Uh, Essentially, you, you take one of your spell slots and split it into two which would really help you when you're kind of lower level, just giving you essentially an extra an extra spell slot, but it's like a choice between one or two. You can't use them both. Hmm. Interesting. Just gives you some more options. Yeah. Okay. I, I can... I guess I would talk about the champion. Of course. Probably one of the biggest things they did for the champion here was to add the tenets of evil. <laughs> oh, guys, we get evil champions. I oh, mean, no. we knew it was going to be yeah. just a matter of time. But also, I could never play an evil champion, so I just can't do it. You know? So that's my talk about the evil tenants. <laughs> That's because you're a big wuss. Yes. <laughs> you know, I I I prefer bright and cheery sunny as opposed <laughs> to these uh dark and depressed <laughs> emo champions. Yes, these emo champions. So, what I want to know is if Sunny were evil, one, what would his name be? And two, would he actually be a fungus instead of a vine leshy? Um, you know, I think he would actually stay a vine leshy, but the uh, the grappling would instead go to strangling. Ooh! Right? You just pull enemies into your body and then strangle them to death in there. Ah, the name, the name. He could just go by Snapdragon. Yeah, but maybe instead of sun dried, it's sunburnt. Snapdragon. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. There, there's way better names <laughs> No, I like it. But it's Sunny's Evil Twin, Sunburnt, Snapdragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I He's got a actually. 
Oh, definitely. One hundred percent. He's he's got thorns instead of leaves. <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> So the question is, would a Firethorn get confused and be like, Sonny, why did you grow a mustache? Or would she see through your disguise? It all depends on the actual personality I would adapt for that character. Yeah, you're going to have to build this for me. If I would be uh... bright and sunny, but still, like, murder people. I don't know. This is terrible. <laughs> All right, so let's I'm, move on. I'm going to move on from this for sure. But I'll so put a we, pin in it. <laughs> right, right. We did get some more animal companions and some more familiar abilities. So that is really cool. You can have a tree sapling as your animal companion. Ooh. Not sure how that works, but sure. All right. And then something I kind of want to mention in the specific familiars section, uh, or no, it was in the familiar abilities, excuse me, was the art for the fox. Because it's creepy, y'all. It's so creepy. I don't think that fox is alive. Oh my god. Oh, that's a spirit fox. That, is that supposed to be a kitsune? kitsune? Maybe. Kitsune? But I can't spell it right. It's I've always pronounced it as Kitsune, but I've I don't know if that's actually correct. It's a demon fox right there. All right. Yeah. Anyway, it's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm not a huge fan of it actually. Uh, but there are some really cool specific familiars that you can get. Um, which I'm always been partial to the fairy dragon. I actually had a a wizard that had a fairy dragon at one point. So love that. But also, you can have a spell slime. <laughs> Which is just a bugger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's not actually just a bugger, but it is. It's it's an ooze. It is in fact an ooze. I just It's just stuck to your shoe. <laughs> Quick note for animal companions. One of my previous characters I was gonna play was going to have a bat for an animal companion, but they didn't have bats at the time. So we were going to uh, change a bird to be basically a bat companion for me. Now they have a bat. They do now have a bat. I'm so happy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm glad you're happy. I love bats. All right. We need to move on because we still got a lot to cover. sorry. We've got the archetypes, Mm -hmm. which is uh, the third chapter of the book. There's some additional feats. There's some multi-class stuff. But we're not going to talk about that. I just want to briefly, each of us pick uh, one or two archetypes that we really like. Reminder, archetypes work differently. So they have prerequisites. They are a feat that you take. You apply them to the class that you're in. That's how multi-classing works. That's how archetypes work. They're feet that you take. They apply to your class. You have to meet the prerequisites, but that's it. With that said, I want I want to talk about the dandy. <laughs> yeah, you do. One, the art, the, the woman that is the dandy, I want to be her best friend. She's great. She's just... Like, her eyeliner is on point. 
literally on point. Her hair, fire. Her outfit, I don't know who your tailor is, but they're bomb as hell. <laughs> so good. So the dandy is a person who is all into style and culture and etiquette, right? And so the only prerequisite to take the archetype, the first feat, is you have to be drained in diplomacy. That's it. That's it. And it's great. You can start spreading rumors about people. Later, you get a feat that is a reaction that is called distracting flattery. You get gossip lore. You become a party crasher. I'm not sure how practical this would be in most campaigns. Gonna go with not very. Me personally, I will make it work for you. I love her. I need her in my life. That is all. Who's next? David. Yep. Uh, I, had a, I had two of them here. Uh, one of them, Lore Master. Uh, you know all of the lore. Uh, I, th- I think it would pair real well with um, you know, like a, a wizard or a bard or something like that. Mm. Uh, just It just gives you access to uh, more types of lore. And then the other one was Martial Artist, which is uh, another way to sort of access a lot of the style around being a monk, but not necessarily taking the monk class. Uh, so it it pulls a lot of uh, stances out of the list of monk feats, uh, and then also the initial dedication gives you that one d six to your unarmed uh, attack. Ooh. Yeah. So it's just an alternative to the monk dedication, right? It's it think less monk and more along the lines of an unarmed fighter is the, mm. is the feel that I get. I have somebody in my circus campaign who would who might enjoy that. <laughs> I'll have to show it to him tomorrow. Uh, well, my pick uh, is actually one that David suggested to me, Bastion. It is basically Sunny's shield on steroids. Uh, you basically get a bunch of the fighter's shield feats added to whatever class you're taking, so long as you have shield block. So you're going to get that sweet, sweet reactive shield. Oh, that's beautiful. That's something Sonny really wants, I tell you. Uh, but funny. other than that, there's just a few other nice shield tricks to add in there. So, yeah, definitely look at that if you want to be a so shield specialist. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. All right. So we'll be going over some more of these archetypes. I want to do a whole episode sometime on archetypes. but for today, fortunately, uh, we need to move on. Yeah. There are two sections I kind of want to just gloss over because, again, we're going to be going over more in depth. Uh, but there's a huge feet section. Uh, some really neat ones. The one I wanted to pu- pull out was a level three feet called Skitter, <laughs> 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 where you can crawl up to have your speed. All I can think of is the rogue iconic like crawling through the trenches and it's just great i freaking love it i also wanted to point out the art for the feet section top half nine out of ten absolutely love it bottom half five out of ten not a fan i think they're supposed to be lizard folk 
and I'm not a huge fan of it. This this book, like normally, I can only rave about the art in most of the books. This one's really hit or miss for me. And that's not to say that they're bad, right? They're just not what I wanted or what I like. But the art direction, you know, they did a very good job. There's still quite a bit of art. Um, just not just not my stuff. Any feats that you guys wanted to talk about? I would have liked to see more general feats. Because again, not a ton of them. Um, but lots of skill feats, which is to be expected. I just feel like for a game that's really heavy on the feats, I'm still craving more of them. So, which is going to happen with time. I liked uh, Risky Surgery. <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. That seemed like something uh, our group would do. Please do go on. What is... You, you, it's... You sort of take uh, your limited knowledge of medicine and be like, you know what? I can figure the rest out as we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you do a treat wounds action you can actually you deal 1d8 slashing damage but then you gain like a circumstance bonus to your treat wounds because of it so it's like a trade off like you know you're dealing more damage but you're more likely to get that critical <laughs> no <laughs> no you hate it huh i love it but i don't want to do it we go back to uh, ye oldie times. <laughs> We're just going to bleed you a little bit here? Oh, yeah. Obviously. Suck on this lemon. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. All right. Spells, I'm pretty much not going to go over at all. Aw. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know our, our wizard wants to go over spells. But aqueous orb. Nope. No. And don't you say another word. Okay. I'm looking at you through talk? Discord. Chad, <laughs> don't say it. You're not going over spells. No, we're not addressing that. I will make notes and we will address it la- next time. When we talk about the Oracle, when we talk about the witch, we're going to be going over a lot of the spells from the APG. So I just felt like, so we're not redundant. I don't want to go over it again. There are quite a few focus spells in addition to regular spells that all classes can use, not just Witch and Oracle. There are more rituals and rules for rituals, which is pretty cool. Don't want to get into it because we still have to talk about another book. However, there is one final chapter in this book that I did want to briefly mention, and that is the items. This is just more gear for your character, right? However, there are two things I wanted to mention from this. Two new weapon traits, which are really cool. There's concealable, which they added for this because they added a sword cane. Because of course they did. (laughs) Well, the Inquisitor needed it, so. Of course, no, they needed it. Obviously, duh. Uh, But you also have a concealed sheath which gives you the concealable trait. So I'm here for it. And then ranged trip. Just let that, let that wash over you a bit. Like a boa? Yeah, exactly like that. Or like a net. Beautiful. 
There's a, a lot of really cool... I wouldn't say a lot. There are some more <laughs> equipment in this book, which is pretty cool. The other one I wanted to focus on was the Tengu Gale Blade. So specifically for Tengu. We are going to pass over all chemical items for the most part. Because our alchemist is not here. But crystal shards. That was for Sarah. <laughs> They're pretty great. I really liked Leaden Leg. Especially because I feel like a goblin named it. But essentially, it's a poison. Or, or a... Is it a poison? Yes, it's a poison. Uh, that you lose control of your extremities. That's good. Good is not the word I was going to use. Good to use against your enemies? So, so you make your enemies go boneless. Yeah. So then you paralyze them and slit their throat. Like, it's just terrifying. But we're gonna go over alchemical items when Sarah is here, for sure. Because I feel like she will have a lot to say. <laughs> and I, I just feel like we can't talk about alchemical items without our, without our alchemist. Also, they included snares which are really cool. So uh, they're simple traps to damage your hand. I don't know how practical that's going to be in play, but we'll see. I'm really interested in them. So we'll see how that goes. I know we didn't talk about a, a ton of stuff, but that book is huge, guys. It's so good. Please go buy it. Please tell me what you think of it. And we will be covering the classes in a later episode. So what did you all think about the Advanced Player's Guide? I need it. <laughs> I loved it. I, I uh, downloaded it the day it came out. I, I've, I, I've just spent so much time poring over the spells. <laughs> Which is <laughs> sad, because that's the part I skipped. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I know we'll get there. We'll get there. So, funny story. I was on vacation the week that this was released. And I don't buy many physical books anymore, so I was just going to buy the PDF. So I literally had to drive 45 minutes into town, because we were camping, to buy this book. And then download it so that when we went back out to camping, my husband could read it. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy playing card games with oh, my uh, cousin. My eight-year-old cousin is really into uh, King of Tokyo, mm -hmm. which I know is an older game. Not, well, not that old, but it's not like a recent release or anything. But he is obsessed. And this is the first time I have seen him since Thanksgiving. So it's good to see him. I, I socially distanced from everybody else but my family. So that was a lot of fun and well-deserved. But unfortunately... Did not get the book right away <laughs> because of it. So we've got negative uh, three minutes to talk about uh, Lost Omens Legends, guys. Perfect. So we're going to make it quick. Negative three minutes just means we have to talk backwards. Oh, how do you All right, Chad, you're cursed. And mm. you no, know, I'm just going to be quick. Go buy it. Is that enough? No? We need more than that. It's really good. It has so much fiction in it. The art is phenomenal. It follows up on characters that we haven't seen in a while. Just 
so, so good. There are some character options that fit into that and are pretty great, but a lot of it, honestly, follow-ups from previous APs, ideas for new APs, tons of ideas for homebrew camp. It is so good. Two tales that I am assigning as reading assignments to all of you out there. Mm. Baba Yaga is really great. It is a story being told to a young child by a, an older woman and talks about several myths surrounding Baba Yaga. Really, really, really good. So kind of the idea of how character options tie into the tales. With this one, Baba Yaga is a witch patron. So there's rules for that, which just fits so good. And then I'm going to butcher this name. Good. Anang Arak. Like Anang Arunak? That's probably closer than me. I mispronounce okay. all the time. She is the high king of a dwarven city. There is definitely going to be mention of her in an AP. It just has to happen. And I'm really interested to see where it goes. A lot of really good art. Uh, my favorite piece so far, I have not read the full book yet. And I hate to give a review of a book that I haven't read all of, but there was a lot of releases this month, guys. <laughs> there was an art piece that was a recruitment flyer for the Iron Fang army of the Hobgoblin Nation, the new one that was formed. And it was all, like, goblin tips of how to not freak out humans. <laughs> like, look, unfortunately, we have to do the heavy lifting here because they're gonna, you know, slaughter. That's what humans do. It's much nicer than that. I'm And I'm making it sound worse than it is. But it's a really cool drawing of, like, an angry goblin and... Like, a goblin who has deliberately, like, smiled and covered their teeth and cleaned up a little bit. It's just hilarious. This idea of, like, okay, we're trying to make friends with the humans. Unfortunately, we have to be the ones who are the adult in the room here. It was just great. Honestly, any of the write-ups of individuals, there's a picture of the person. So, another one, and I'm not going to go into too much, because spoilers for a past AP, but there is an entry for Arabeth Tirablade. Tirabade. There's no L there. She is one of my favorite characters from Wrath of the Righteous. She's going to be in the Wrath of the Righteous video game, calling it right now. She is awesome, and her artwork is awesome, and her wife is awesome. And I just love everything about her. She is half-orc, by the way. A half-orc paladin. So, really, really cool. Wait, paladin or champion? Well, she was in I first edition. Oh, okay. She was in first edition, so she would be a champion now. But in first edition, she was a paladin. Anyway, she was fantastic. Uh, for this one, there's not a ton of art pieces that I didn't like. So, and not a lot of criticisms, like, the stories felt flavorful, they felt like they're setting up. This was the perfect book pair with the APG, because APG is just character options for days, right? Mm -hmm. 
like, of course I want more, but the book can't be 700, 1200 pages, right? It's just, there has to be a limit. But this didn't have a ton of character options. Like, there definitely were some, uh, but definitely not as much as the APG. That wasn't really the point of this book. This is a lore book, and that's what it's meant to be, and that's what it did. It's beautiful. I haven't read all of the entries yet, but I can't wait. It's just wonderful. 10 out of 10, Beth point. Beth tested, Beth approved. Beth tested, Beth approved. I love it. Put that stamp on uh, every product. <clears throat> it's just going on every product? Well, I mean... Well, shoot. <laughs> m- oh, every every Paizo product, pretty much. Apples. Beth tested, Beth approved. What? Depends on the apples. Why did she test my apple? Red Delicious? No. Get out of here. <laughs> that is a 0 out of 10 Beth points right there. Granny Smith? I'm not a huge fan of them if you eat them raw, but in oh, a pie, yeah, like those. 10 out of 10. Honey crisps. Mm. Honey crisps. Oh, yeah, boy. All right. Anyway. Uh, Galas, <laughs> go home and try again. <laughs> no, I don't mind them, but five out of 10 best point. <laughs> All right, guys. We're done. <laughs> oh, you. You have no idea what you've done because I'm never going to shut up about Beth Points. Uh, oh no. <laughs> All right, guys. What do, you, what do you think of the products that came out this month? There's a lot of them. Uh, I don't think I have enough money to buy all these products. I need them all, though. I, I just don't have enough time to read through the APG right now. <laughs> yeah, that's been my biggest thing. Like, I've definitely read The Witch like because, of course, okay. I have. And, like, that'll be the first class that we do in two weeks from now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, time is definitely a limiting factor. But very well done. I give the APG 8 out of 10 Beth points. No, 9 out of 10 Beth points. It's good. It's got the witch, guys. Come on. <laughs> I can't give it lower than 11 that. 11 out of 10 Beth points. No. <laughs> it's got rat folk and witches. I Yeah, it's literally my character from Resident Lords. But if you had to pick one, I honestly would say buy Legends. Do it. Buy, buy a physical copy of it, which I haven't, but do it. It's so good, so worth it. 11 out of 10. Beth points. Oh, I was to say, she didn't say it. Somebody else claim it. <laughs> nope. 11 out of 10 Beth points. But I think that's all we got for tonight. Chad, you want to take us out? Well, guys, let us know what you think of the Advanced Player's Guide. Uh, Do you want to play a witch? Do you want to play an inspector? Or do you want to keep playing a witch like Beth? Do you want to try the Bastion or the Lore Master? Or do you just want to go read some Legends? Because now I'm kind of really wanting some of that. Uh, Let us know. Until then, just remember, dice don't die. But player characters do. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at DiceDon'tDiePod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Knight, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, 
can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.